Welcome to another great podcast. I'm Sadavisa. From Airbnb and Lyft to Slack and Twilio, the world's top startups have been built on AWS, and it's been that way since 2006, when AWS first brought cloud infrastructure to the world. To further enlighten us on this matter, today we have with us Kumara Raghavan, head of AWS Startups India. Hello, Kumara. Welcome to Analytics Insight. It's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Satavisa. Pleasure is mine. Please give us a brief about the services provided by AWS Startups India, like Amazon Personalize, Amazon Forecast, Amazon SageMaker, and others. Sure. So, firstly, I think if we take a step back, uh, there's a huge amount of interest in uh, machine learning today, and it's probably one of the most transformative technologies of our generation. So at AWS, we have uh, over 100,000 customers today that are using a variety of uh, ML use cases from AWS. And uh, one of the things that we see is uh, when you look at how AML is being used, we see three broad categories. Uh, first is customers try to enhance the customer experience that they have. So if you take uh, Paytm as an example, uh, they were able to reduce the time that it takes for a KYC process. from days to minutes and at the same time that also got them to reduce that cost of the process by 75% the other area where we increasingly see that use is uh, improving operational efficiency so again just a brief example if you look at policy bazaar they use uh, amazon service called poly which allows them to manage huge volumes of customer queries every day and uh, yet another area is to reduce costs completely so and when you again when you look at uh, uh, a organization like swiggy so they have metrics which are segmented spatially so there are different metrics for different cities areas and so on so with a tool like forecast uh, they are able to manage their cost per delivery a lot better so although you see a lot of these trends and uh, increasing usage of machine learning we are pretty much at the start of the journey and the way aws looks at this is to uh, look at the whole offering in three layers so at the very bottom layer what we have is a set of infrastructure and frameworks which are commonly used by ml experts and practitioners particularly advanced developers and uh, data scientists so these are people who are very comfortable building tuning training deploying managing models themselves and so they are quite uh, conversant or happy to work with the chips and the framework kind of level so uh, that's at one level where we have the advanced level of expertise the middle layer is uh, essentially what uh, we have Uh, as the amazon sage maker it's a fully managed service and what this does is it removes some of the heavy lifting or complexity that uh, a data scientist or a developer would have to undergo when they build and train their models so with amazon sage maker what we were able to do is we were the first to build in the reinforcement learning into a service like this and what we have also uh, done is to build a fully integrated development environment so what that allows developers to do is to store and collect everything in a single place whether it's code or notebooks or uh, data sets or even settings project folders so they get to see all of this in a single pane of glass so it makes it much easier for them to manage and deploy the models that they are uh, planning on and at the top layer of the stack uh, is what you would loosely call as ai and simply because these are services which try to mimic human cognition and uh, these are a variety of uh, services uh, so one would be uh, recognition for example so it's a feature of uh, deep learning for both video and image analysis 
And uh, this has a variety of use cases, as you can uh, imagine. It allows uh, facial recognition at scale. You can even monitor sentiment analysis, uh, looking at the emotions of uh, people on videos, and can also use it for a variety of uh, security use cases. So we see a huge adoption of uh, recognition as one of those uh, services. And then on that theme, we also have uh, several others like Poly, which I mentioned earlier. It's a text-to-speech translation. Amazon Lex, which is for uh, building conversations. And uh, we also have uh, Comprehend, uh, which allows a natural language processing-based query so that uh, users can find insights within text. So let's say you have a large annual report and you want to uh, figure out some of the specific summaries within that. So Comprehend allows you to do that for example. So that's the way we have uh, looked at it from these three layers. And at AWS, we really think that as organizations start scaling, there'll be a use case across all these three layers. Can you please share with us some of the most interesting use cases and workloads that different startup customers are building and driving on AWS? Certainly. Now, uh, India, of course, is a growing economy. So the scope for ML and AI is really, really broad. And when we look at our uh, start startup landscape, so we see a transformative level of usage and uh, startups are really solving problems that you didn't think existed before. So that's uh, fairly easy to see when you look at the middle class of India today. But I think the more exciting part is how the startups are today even able to address some of the middle strata of the population. So if you take uh, one of the areas where we see uh, huge changes, it's one of uh, financial inclusion. So we see a number of innovations uh, when it comes to fintech. But if I take the example of uh, Credit B, they are an Indian fintech. And uh, their goal is to ensure that students and even self-employed users who need loans, for example, have easy ability to uh, get the financial needs that they have met uh, in an easy and a secure manner. So they have 4 million users today who access a variety of microloans. It can be as much as, uh, let's say, $2,500, which could be used for a tuition fee or medical expense, even online shopping. So this has uh, allowed their users to go through the process from the first click to getting the amount or the money into their bank uh, account in as low as 15 minutes. Now, that's a significant improvement in terms of access for a set of population that would previously have struggled to get a loan. Now, as uh, Credit B keeps having this success, one of the things that they see is uh, there are also other people who try to take advantage of this. So it's important for them to have a strong security posture. So uh, what they have been able to do is, again, use recognition as one of the services, which allows them to constantly monitor uh, their use cases, use it for KYC and make sure uh, that all of their customers have a legitimate use case for which they are catering to. So that's from the uh, fintech example. The other one really which uh, uh, we are quite excited about is in the area of uh, food and agriculture. So again, uh, you wouldn't intuitively think of this when we look at all the hype around the modern day city in India, where uh, you know we, we are uh, quite inundated with offers like quick commerce where you get a 10 minute delivery. But when you look at the back end, and think of uh, some of the larger impact that food and agriculture can have. Uh, once, uh, one of the things that we see is uh, today, uh, all over the world, about uh, $500 billion worth of food is wasted or lost. Now, if you think of it, if you can 
even save half of this right so you could feed 1 billion additional people all over the world which is a significant potential for improvement and uh, changing the lives of uh, individuals all over the world so uh, one of the examples that we have is uh, intelo labs so they are a, a startup in the agri tech area they've been able to cut down the food produced wastage using ai and computer vision so intelo labs uh, uses amazon sagemaker uh, they use that to train their models and uh, do model optimization what it allows them to do is do all the hyperparameter optimization and train their models uh, in a way where they can run their experiments at scale and deliver significant efficiency for example any food produce uh, that needs to be sorted it requires a much lower manual intervention than it would have had to before and i'll pick on one more uh, which is in the education area so when lockdowns first began in india in uh, early 2020 i think one of the key things we saw was how schools needed to find uh, new ways for their students not just to facilitate uh, learning but the other area was also one of testing so uh, we are we have this uh, pune based uh, edtech company vshine vshine tech so they are focused on university examination process automation so what they have been able to do is to uh, build a solution which allows for remote proctoring so again they are able to do this with facial recognition using amazon recognition and i think the crucial part in this was they were able to build this within a week uh, that's the level of impact that they were able to have with the automation that uh, aiml can bring for them today so those are some of the examples that we have been quite uh, excited about satavisa how do you think leading saas unicorns are also driving both internal operational efficiency and customer engagement using ai sure so i think one area we could look at from both of those perspective is the number of saas startups we have had in india so last year it would have been very hard for anyone to escape the level of success that startups had here in fact all of uh, 2021 uh, i think we had more unicorns come up in india than all of the previous years put together and one of the areas where we saw the biggest level of growth was the saas startups and this happened uh, with a consequence that when you looked at some of the larger enterprises enterprises had an accelerated path for digital transformation especially with the covid-19 hitting everyone hard so one of the things that enterprises started to do was to use a lot more saas based tools because that gives the obvious advantages like flexibility or cost optimization and even the ability to innovate at scale and when they started taking on many of these uh, saas based uh, offerings one of the things that they found is all of these saas companies are also constantly innovating they keep adding newer features based on the needs and requirements of their clients now for any particular organization you seldom need every single feature that a saas company can produce so one of the key things that saas companies try to do is to while they continue innovating they also want to personalize uh, the experience that their own enterprise customers can tend to have so uh, one such example that we saw was with uh, mo engage uh, mo engage now offers a intelligent customer engagement solution and uh, some of their largest clients include organizations like uh, deutsche telekom or t-mobile uh, even mcafee samsung so those those are some names that come to mind in terms of uh, the customers that mo engage has now all of these businesses engage with uh, customers with very personalized content and they do that through their preferred channel of uh, notification so for example it could be web banner it could be email it could be sms now when you look at how mo engage uh, operates 
they engage over 350 million users and this happens across a variety of countries as many as 35 and they send as many as uh, 1 billion uh, messages of different formats so uh, when they are doing this it was important for them to customize their offering to the needs of not just their customers but their end customers as well and that's something that they were able to do the other uh, thing that we have noticed is when it comes to some of these large uh, saas based startups and unicorns they all had a significant amount of success while they have scaled uh, on their journey uh, on aws so uh, you could have companies like uh, innovacer and uh, freshworks is another that comes comes to mind so uh, freshworks is again another interesting use case when you look at uh, what they have been able to achieve internally so previously they would develop uh, a machine learning model and it would take them as many as 8 uh, weeks now what they have been able to do with uh, sagemaker is to cut down that whole training model down to 27 minutes so that's a phenomenal reduction so what's that what that's enabled them to do uh, is to experiment at scale so today they have as many as 33000 ml models running and uh, for all of their uh, 11000 customers uh, the whole experience is far better than what it used to be uh, prior to the usage of all of these ml based automation that they were able to bring in so again those are couple of use cases both one from an internal view and another from an external view of what we see many of these saas companies using Uh, or uh, using with both AI and ML. How customers across industries such as VFSI, healthcare, e-commerce, entertainment, education are using AI or ML to innovate and scale? Sure. So we can take uh, fintech for example. Again, this when you look at last year, uh, this was probably one of the biggest areas when it came to investments that came into the country. and uh, here again uh, we discuss briefly on the kind of impact that fintechs are making uh, across financial inclusion but there are also broader use cases so one that we saw was with uh, a startup called perfios so they are a fintech startup and uh, what they do is uh, completely improve the efficiency of a whole kyc process that a bank or any other financial institution will have to institute so they have been able to use amazon textract what this does is uh, extract text from any form of document so it's essentially you can think of it as a ocr plus plus the big advantage is you can keep the document in any angle any format it can have tables and textract is able to get all the data out and uh, do it at a huge level of efficiency and accuracy so what perfios was able to do with that is to transact as many as uh, 2 million financial documents every single month right so it really brought a level of automation and accuracy which improved the experience for their own end customers who had to do kycs so so that's uh, one example the other that comes to mind is uh, e-commerce now when you look at e-commerce uh, there are so much innovation happening there but one particularly is in the area of uh, social commerce now uh, we have the scenarios where there are influencers and those influencers have a set of followers who typically use the recommendation of these individuals to buy the products that they choose to and uh, one such organization which caters to this requirement is uh, trell now when you think of this journey that happens a influencer typically uploads a video of how they have for example been using a makeup product and then it gives a link to how they could purchase that particular product now when this happens at scale uh, it's easy to imagine the level of abuse that is uh, that can potentially occur as well so it was important for trell to ensure that there is no objectionable com- content that gets uploaded 
Uh, there's no hate symbols that's being used. And all of these, mind you, can have regional variations. Uh, so it can be very different in one part of uh, our country to another in terms of what is objectionable, what is acceptable, and so on. So to do this at scale, it's uh, almost impossible to do it with just human intervention. So this is where Trell was again able, able to use uh, recognition, and they were able to monitor all of the use cases where they didn't want any objectionable videos going up on their site. So again, that was a pretty interesting one. Uh, coming to healthcare, so again, uh, healthcare has been uh, an area where uh, so much innovation has happened, and I think there's more to come, particularly with uh, Ayushman Bharat Digital Mission. But uh, one use case that we saw during the times of COVID was from Cure.ai. Now, this is a healthcare startup, and uh, they've got a ML-based uh, solution called QXR. What this does is uh, this uses X-rays to classify the probability of a patient having COVID. So as opposed to just the traditional uh, RT-PCR tests uh, that you can have, or even the rapid antigen test. So you could use an X-ray and then determine whether a patient has a high, medium, or low risk for having had COVID. And they are able to do this in less than a minute. So which is, again, a huge improvement over uh, what we traditionally have even today on the testing front. So they were able to build this with data of over two and a half million radiology scans. And uh, the QXR app can detect problem areas and uh, even abnormalities so that you can then determine the probability of someone having uh, COVID-19. So QXR uses an algorithm which has a compilation of location, size, uh, even the type of abnormality, and then uses all of this together to present the results. So yeah, those are just uh, a few examples of some of the innovations that we see. There are far so many interesting ones that constantly occur. Now I'm interested to know what is your opinion over the large-scale uptake of AI and ML across startups these days? Yeah, when you look at uh, what lies ahead of us, uh, I think there are uh, at least three broad uh, trends that I can think of. But uh, setting aside technology in terms of what, uh, what potential this has, I think the first is, uh, to your point, one of access and uh, cost. So today we have a very uh, increasingly data-driven world. So AI and ML is probably a default. Often we find scenarios where AI and ML is the solution and then you look for what the problem is, which is absolutely the wrong approach. But on the other side, when you look at it, the ease of use has uh, been increasing phenomenally and that's a growing trend. So what that means is uh, previously where you needed uh, developers with advanced uh, skills on machine learning and uh, you also needed data scientists. So today, the ability for anyone, even say a business analyst, to come up with an ML model is really the kind of use case that we are seeing. So that's going to be a growing trend. In fact, we announced uh, SageMaker Canvas, which is a visual code, no-code capability that allows a business analyst to build ML models and generate fairly accurate predictions without having to write code or uh, even having uh, ML expertise, for that matter. So that's going to be a growing trend. The other thing that we see is a constant lowering of cost or what you could loosely call as uh, lowering the cost of curiosity. So it's a lot easier to conduct experiments. And that's, again, an increasingly accepted model because gone are the days where you, know, you had this one individual, like a CIO, who knew all the answers to every problem that the organization had. So today we live in a world where you constantly experiment, you fail in a lot, many of them, which is totally acceptable, and then a few succeed. 
But in order to follow that model, you've got to have really low costs for all these experiments. And uh, at AWS, our philosophy is to constantly reduce prices. So in our history, we have reduced it as many as 111 times uh, till November last year. The other thing that we constantly do is to lower the cost of trading. So with our uh, Intel-based uh, Habana Gaudi uh, instances on EC2. So we are able to reduce the training cost by as much as 40% price performance improvement compared to the GPU equivalent models. So that's certainly one trend that we see, access and cost both improving uh, constantly. The other thing we see is a huge uh, amount of adoption when it comes to personalization. So today you see it constantly whether it's about uh, logging into a streaming device where you know you expect uh, your streaming platform to give you the right recommendation based on your preference and what you have been uh, used to. Uh, the other that we constantly see is areas like automobiles. When you climb into the car, uh, you would prefer to have an experience where the seat and the mirrors and everything else adjusts to your preference and uh, what works best for you. Or even go to a retail app where uh, consumers increasingly expect curated options and very proactive recommendations. So that's uh, definitely on the increase. We see that across a variety of uh, fields. So many companies are taking personalization to the next level. So they are connecting individuals to uh, several vital tools so that all of these users have the information that allows them greater control uh, over the kind of decisions, particularly important decisions that they take in their lives. So yeah, personalization is the second key trend that I see growing. Third one really at a broader level is the area of sustainability. So this is a metric which is constantly gaining significance in what we do and uh, how we are all growing. Uh, at AWS, we recently added uh, one of the pillars of our well-architected review uh, on sustainability so that customers can measure how they are performing against their goals of uh, being sustainable on the infrastructure front. So uh, we see customers experiment a lot on this front as well. And again, to go back to one of the agri-tech uh, examples. So uh, we have uh, a startup called Cropin. So one of the things they do is to have a vision to maximize per acre value. So they uh, effectively look at increasing the efficiency, improving productivity, and uh, effectively also improving the sustainability across the board. So what Cropin's uh, smart form does is uh, it totally digitizes farm level processes. So they use a combination of data from uh, satellites, use weather data, and uh, even data from IoT devices so that their agricultural stakeholders can make better decisions. So you can imagine the potential with something like this. So farmers are able to improve their yields. Uh, they are able to deliver even better farming outcomes because uh, they are able to identify patterns in the crops, even look at threats like diseases or pest infestation, uh, even plan for irrigation around uh, what's happening based on weather pattern, their uh, current crop. And all of this is vastly better than what you'd be able to do with uh, just your manual interventions and manual experience. So what we see is smart form is really catering to the entire farming ecosystem, uh, covering every practice so again, uh, phenomenally improving the level of sustainability that you can get in farming today. So yeah, those are uh, some of the trends that we see. Definitely lowered uh, cost, increasing access, more personalization, and a uh, lot of focus on sustainability. That sounds amazing. I'm sure this is going to definitely help all of our listeners too. Thank you, Kumara, for joining us today. It was a pleasure talking to you. 
and I'm looking forward to see many more innovative solutions coming.